Hi, amigas. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Hi. Good. I'm good. Happy. Happy to see you all staying healthy. Yeah. So today we're going to do another Zoom um, podcast just because, you know, we're still under quarantine. Um, today we're going to be discussing chapter five through um, 10. So we ended right at the end of four, starting five, and then it goes into like the first page of 10. So we're just going to stick to five and 10 for today. Okay. We're going to stop at chapter 10. So what are you guys thinking about the reading so far? I think it's getting really good. Now that it's, um, I think we just ended about talking about your life partner. That's uh, very interesting for us women. Mm-hmm. Maybe are you liking it? Yeah, I'm liking it. It's definitely letting me know that at least validating some things that I went through as far as getting by through my career and, and progressing in, in the medical field. So like decisions that I had to make as far as being a mommy and trying to get a new job when the right time is and when it was not, I dwelled a lot on some things. So just hearing her story out kind of validated some feelings that I had. So yeah, it's, it's a good one. So we start with chapter five where she kind of starts talking about what is a peer mentor. Um, I used to run a peer mentoring service. Well, I was a super, one of the supervisors for a peer mentoring service. And one line that really stuck out to me was great leadership is conscious leadership. So it's kind of like where you, we called it modeling. Um, so it's like, you know, that your colleagues and, you know, um, your employees, like, you know, they're watching you, you know, people are watching you. So just by modeling what you do, being conscious of the fact that that's something that, you know, the people around you are going to kind of pull from, right? Um, I liked that. And then on page, what page was it where she talks about how your peers can be your mentors? Oh, that one's at the bottom of page 74, the last paragraph. So peers can also mentor and sponsor one another. There is a saying that all advice is autobiographical. Friends at the same stage of their careers may actually provide more current and useful counsel. And I think that kind of makes sense. I think um, we can all think about like being in a similar position as another colleague and being able to learn from them and grow with them um, and getting advice from them and kind of you know, when we're making those big decisions of like, what's my next career goal or what's my next opportunity? I think a lot of times your colleagues are seeing how you work. And so they're kind of better equipped to tell you like, oh, that's a great idea. Or I see you in this position or this role, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I like the fact that she says friends at the same stage of their careers may actually provide more current and useful counsel. And um, at that time it says, um, that several of her older mentors had advised her to go against the job at Google. But yet almost all of my peers understood the potential of Silicon Valley. Peers also are also in the trenches and may understand problems that superiors do not. And I think that is like almost, I, it almost seems like it happens more because they can understand you on the level that you're at. Um, I think us three, we have gone through our waves of partying and 
yet we were like being moms or single or engaged, getting married, going to college. We were in so many different stages, but yet we were all going almost towards the same direction and um, in the same level of either being, you know, outgoing and being partying here and there, some more than others at times. But it was always very leveled for all of us in the direction we were going. And I think we come to each other for a lot of those decisions, like what should my next move be? We really uh, work with each other and advise each other. Cause like you said, like we're side by side, right? Right. Um, so I think peer mentoring is really important um, because those are the people that get you because they're going through what you're going through. And, you know, sometimes, you know, our bosses, they can get to positions where they forget and they yeah. get comfortable. So that can be difficult. I mean, I've had some great mentors and, and it, it was just about really like observing them and, you know, realizing that they inspired me by their actions and a lot of the things that they did. And, you know, she mentions how sometimes, you know, you can be mentored by someone and not realize it. You know, she asks, um, she asks, the girl that she felt she had been mentoring who says I've never had a mentor and she asked her well what would you consider a mentor and she when she described the mentor it, she was like that's a therapist and as a therapist I was like a hundred percent I've done both I've been a mentor and now a therapist I'm like those two things are very different like a mentor doesn't hold your hand step by step on how to do things or you know um or there with you for an hour to process what you're going through like that is a therapist so I like that example too yeah I think I've um I highlighted that part just because that story stood out to me um I've had a lot of good bosses that have inspired me and in a way I feel like some have been mentors because some have given me the opportunities which that's what a mentor does, right? They want to see growth in you. And the one thing that I highlighted was in 68. And she says, get a mentor and you will excel. Instead, we need to tell them, excel and you will get a mentor. So that I think is what really defines my journey in my, in my career where the more I work hard and I take every opportunity that I have that's given to me, whether it's for growth or for personal benefits. I feel like the more that I do and I take risks and I learn, I feel like more, I attract more valuable people and more better resources. And I feel like that's why I am, I am where I am now. And I feel like I finally have the perfect boss in a way where I respect, I admire, and she's a go-getter. And I'm so sad she's retiring. Aww. Hopefully you get a new one, a good one. I know, girl. It's going to be so hard to fit her shoes. So yeah. she's a mentor, and I feel like she's a good example. Yeah, and it's true what you said, because I feel like I've had, like, mentors come into my life where they guide me, and they're, like, helping me, like, to make decisions. And they're really amazing people. I've had, you know, the director of my old program I've had you know doctors and um, physical therapists that I work with and not necessarily my bosses but just people that have really guided me and helped me and it's funny because a lot of them are like yeah I 
I help you because I know you're going far because I can see your work, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's true. As you work and as you go for it, that's kind of how they just start popping up. Yeah. And well, it only goes, um, follows along with our next chapter with good mentors, good communication. Our next, the next chapter is seek and speak your truth. And this chapter really, I really like this one a lot. Um, As a, logistics manager I learned a lot from this one I'm learning how to communicate with you know employees or my boss or even it it even takes it back to you know at home Um, one highlight that I had um, done here was I learned from it's on page 79 the middle paragraph it says I learned from Fred that effective communication starts with the understanding there is that there is my point of view which is my truth, and someone else's point of view, which is his truth. Rarely is there one absolute truth. So people who believe that they speak the truth are very silencing of others. So, I mean, you always got to be open to hear somebody else's opinion. You know, just because you think you're right doesn't mean the other person's opinion could be right as well or could be wrong. I also like how she's so open about, like, feedback. Like, I want to I want to know how my leadership skills are affecting you or what are the things that I don't do so well and even identifying them, right? I think for me, I work really well in a team where people are highly organized and the reason why is because I'm not. So I voice that and, you know, I get a lot of support from my team, you know, um, it was just funny because recently at work, you know, there was a lot lot of drama between one of the therapists and like front desk staff and it's like well because if you don't hear criticism if you don't hear them out then it's not going to work right and with me right away I said girls I'm not organized like I need help with this this and this you know Mm -hmm. and I think when you're open about that you excel more yeah you'll the person that is organized is willing to help and just tackle that that job Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that was good too. Like, um, have you guys ever been boss that you can't tell them? Um, I did have one. Um, but yeah, he was just stuck in his old ways. He was um, well, is very old in the old-fashioned way, and he was stuck on that. He didn't want to adapt to the new things. Um, and pretty much the way I learned how to do any type of work that he wanted me to learn was by just jumping on taking over and learning by mistakes because he really didn't train and if I ever asked anything he just said just ask ask the the other person tell them to help you like on on an email if I had to do other stuff and I'm just like it doesn't look right that I'm asking them like I should know already you know and he's like no no they'll help you ask them and I'm just like okay that's not right Yeah, or colleagues, right? Where you like, you're like, I know that if I told you this, like you would get so much further, but you know, they don't want to hear you. And you're just like, they won't accept good feedback, um, feedback like that. They'll just think, take it as criticism or judging them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to be careful who you give your opinions to. Yeah. Like, I I hate working in those environments, you know? Yeah, coming from uh, working in the restaurant industry for seven years, I was a chef. And that's all like I I work for, you know, to know if you like the dish, did it, was it missing anything? 
you know, I want to make sure that you're enjoying the food. So I would always like, tell me, what is it missing? And it's not because, you know, I don't think my dish was good, but it's just like, I know I can improve it. And for more people to like it, it's not only to my liking, but to a more bigger, you know, crowd. So I would always want feedback. Like, what do you guys think? What what does it need? What can I do? Where can I improve? Yeah. For me, I had bosses that I couldn't ask help. And it was more of demonstrating a weakness more than, you know, having validation. Like I had to learn to, to say my work is good. You know, I don't need nobody's feedback in a way. And I think some people get so hung up on that. Like, and they, they go through a lot of struggle because they're like, I'm doing all this work and they're not recognizing me. Yeah. Like the, the example that he gave there. Um, or that she gave when uh, she was working at face in Facebook with uh, Mark, and that uh, he took like some classes to learn Chinese to understand people better that worked there. Mm-hmm. And there was one girl that really hardly spoke any English, and she was trying to say like you know she was having issues with her her manager or something, and that uh, he just couldn't understand. He goes, "Uh, simplify it better, simplify." It. And she kept like shortening it, and in the end, she just said, "My manager is bad." you know still in Chinese but just like simple as that and she wrote if more people were this clear the performance of many organizations would improve dramatically and that's like straightforward you know like some people would just be like dang like you're a bitch or something you know yeah yeah definitely but a lot of stuff gets lost like you're like oh well I feel uncomfortable well how the hell do you feel uncomfortable like yeah So talk about uncomfortable. Have any of you cried at work? Oh, that one was good too. Um, Showing your emotions. Yeah. I'm not a crier. You guys know that. But I feel like the one thing that I've struggled with recently, and when I read this, it really hit me because like, so she's talking about sharing your emotions, builds deeper relationships on chapter 88. uh, Motivation comes from working on things that we care about. It also comes from working with people we care about. So like breaking down, like you build this relationship, right? Like you crying shows you care. Yeah. And it's so true because I feel like we stick longer, stick longer to jobs that we care about, even if they're not the greatest, just because we care, you know, like that's a component. And I was like, that's so true. Like, I feel like. I work harder for people that are honest and real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've done the same where it was, I know that I should look for another job to continue to succeed and, and you know, escalate in my, my work, but you felt just this connection of, you know, working with them still and, and felt bad for leaving. Yeah. That guilt. Huh? Yeah. The guilt. Guilt. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny because like how she talks about like how, you know, she used to think that keeping it professional was the most important thing. And I think, and you guys have seen me struggle with this where it's like, well, like on my private practice Instagram, like how much of myself am I sharing? Like, oh, is that professional? Like, can I do that? You know, I think like even on my website or stuff like that, like in a lot of things, I'm like, I try to stay professional and yeah. I was reading that's a, that's a thin line because sometimes some people will feel like well they might connect more with you because you will 
put your challenges out there, you know, your personal things. And yeah. others will judge you for it. So it's a thin line to share or not share. And it's weird in my profession, it sucks because like when you're being trained, um, they teach you like this, the therapy isn't about you, it's about the other person. So it's not about sharing your story, you know? And there are cases where you're supposed to, but there's like this like apprehension. Mm-hmm. And but when, like where it says like, you know, an all business approach is not always good business. It has been an evolution, but I am now a true believer in bringing your whole selves to work. Like that's on page 89. I was like, that's so true. Like I'm not being my whole self, right? And that's what I teach my patients. So it's like, how do you tell people to do that? But then you don't do that. So this one sunk with me because I think this whole year I've been kind of working on it. Yeah. I really liked it. Yeah. I've always tried to keep work and personal separate. Um, I never really liked sharing my Instagram, social media with anybody from work. Um, I've always kept it separate. So it's always like iffy when people are like, oh, do you have an Instagram? And I'm just like, um sometimes I'll be like no I don't really mess with that and then sometimes I'm just like um yeah but I don't really use it so I don't go on it you know it's true though you don't really use it so yeah but I mean I don't like really mixing that up like I don't know it's just it's that's mean you know like them knowing what I do on my weekends getting drunk or whatever like don't be judging me once I go in there on Monday (laughs) And it's funny because you guys know that I'm really cool with all my coworkers, but then it's like with like my clients, I'm like, be professional, you know? And <laughs> and it's like my patient, my my like coworkers will be like, oh yeah, Jessica, da, 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 you know. Yeah. And I mean, as my patients get to know me more and more, I open up more. And I've had them say, like, I like you because you're professional, you know, but you're not like you don't make me feel less than, or you don't make me feel like you're above me. They're like, like, I feel like in a good relationship when I'm talking to you, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. But it's true. It's your authentic self is very important. Yeah. So our chapter seven, don't leave before you leave. I think this chapter uh, covers on taking opportunities and not to plan. This one, uh, me and Jess, uh, I think had reached out to our friend Nadie and we're like, seven is all you. And we kind of text back and forth here and there just talking about it. Um, so I hope this one did. So the next chapter um, dives into don't leave before you leave. Um, we talked about this um, while we were reading it, we were messaging each other. Um, so Nadie, did this really, you know, yeah, speak to you, God moment. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> I know my Wi-Fi is fine. So chapter seven was definitely something that I, I feel like I lived and it validated a lot of the, the feelings that I felt planning my, my pregnancy and my leave and going through all sorts of things because I had escalated in another position and I was pregnant and believe it or not, it's like as a woman, you feel like you take a step back when you have a kid and it's like, why do, why did we, why do we have to feel like that? And not everybody gets the option of taking the time off 
And I remember, you know, thinking, okay, well, we have to plan our personal lives and our children around our work. And it's sad to say that unless you are obviously financially well, you have to worry about paying childcare. And staying home was never an option for me because I was just thriving. I I had so much to look forward to and growing and learning in my career that I'm like, I'm not going to be a stay-at-home mom. That I just, I didn't want to. And then you look into childcare and it's just so expensive and you really have to do the math whether it's worth it. Like, you know, is your check going to give you extra or is it just your check just going to be, you know, yeah. And so I see why, and I understand why mothers are at home. You know, if you have two kids or more, a bigger family, it's like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And and sometimes of course there's moms that take that, that decision of I'm going to stay home because who else better than to take care of my kids than me, which that's okay too. You know, I have friends that do that, but, um, yeah, I, I highlighted something in page 90, 98, the birth of a child instantly changes how we define ourselves. Women become mothers, men become fathers. Couples become parents. Our priorities shift in fundamental ways. Parenting may be the most rewarding experience, but it's also the hardest and most humbling. If there were a right way to raise kids, everyone would do it. Yeah. So it's that balance. And unfortunately, making those decisions, whether do you, are you a mom or do you stay home or do you pursue your career? Can you afford a nanny? And it's just so much to juggle, but. I, I stuck to it and I said, you know what? Um, and as you guys know, I am family planning. I, I want to get pregnant again. And that's something that I'm, I'm planning now where it's like, okay, well, JD is not going to be in private school no more. You know, it's like, I could afford that, that second baby, like for childcare. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be making this much by then. It's just all this planning that has to, has to be done. And you guys know me, I overthink everything. I overanalyze everything. Like, there's a plan for everything. And and she talks about how when she was pregnant, she didn't even plan with her husband, like daycare and and any of that stuff until, you know, she started freaking out. (laughs) Yeah. She had an interview with somebody and I was already like, before even trying to get pregnant, I was like, okay, my mom, I had my mom quit her job to watch my child. So it's, you know, I really was like that mom that overanalyzed everything and I had to have a plan and, and now everybody asks me, oh, you know, because I took six months off when I had my daughter. I had the luxury to do that. And everyone asks me, so, oh, you're going to take six months. And oh, how nice. And honestly, if I am to get pregnant, I would not take the six months because I just miss being at work. And I can't do that mom life because it's, it's actually harder being home. It's harder to be a stay-at-home mom because you don't socialize. Your coworkers are your kids. And that position, like, you're here all day. Like, it's a nonstop. You don't get a break. Right. When you go to your job, it's eight hours. And even then, you still get your lunch break. You know, you get your hour. Long time, yeah. Yeah, and you get the interaction with other people. So it's not the same. So kudos to those moms that, you know, did put Definitely. up on their career. They, you know- they put their kids first. She talks about that down the line and she talks about how it, if you are going to be a stay-at-home mom, like dads need to realize that's a job. So when they get home, they still need to take over and help because yeah. it talks about how men get a break because they get to be around adults and they get right. to get work, you know? 
what I liked, what I liked since you talked about the child's care, this one, I was like, yes, girl, it's so true. She says on page 102, she says professional women need to measure the cost of child care against their future salary rather than their current salary. Mm-hmm. And it's because usually you want to get pregnant and have kids around the same time that your career is starting. Yeah. Right. So you're comparing it to starting pay instead of like my cap. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's so true because if you just invest three years in childcare and in three years, your salary goes up a substantial mm-hmm. amount. It's like, it's, it's an investment. It's, yeah. It's unfortunate that it happens at the same time with clocks ticking and women having a deadline to have babies. But it's like, if we just hold on, like, you know, or then this last page, 103, she says, don't enter the workforce already looking for an exit. Don't put on the brakes, accelerate, keep a foot on the gas, pedal until a decision must be made. And it's true because like, like going back to Navy, right? Like she'll plan like, well, I can't, even when we're planning our vacation, she's like, well, I can't have vacation in October because I'm going to be having a baby that month. And I'm like, girl, you're not even pregnant. Like, yeah. but according to her, she's going to be popping that month. Oh, throwing <laughs> Halloween birthday parties. I'm like, the child's not born. You're not pregnant and you're already throwing Halloween parties. I'm like, <laughs> Girl, like I would love an October baby, okay? If I'm just throwing it there, manifesting it, you never know. But it's like she said, like she's like, you already planned like all this stuff. She's like, she asked one of the girls, are are you pregnant? And she's like, No, I don't even have a boyfriend. Like girl. Like, yes, I want a June wedding, they say, but come on, like you don't even have a man yet. Like yeah and I was like just plan your life date I mean obviously all of us especially us like we're very like well I know like I have my next five ten years of my life planned you know like maybe like we I just sent you guys a goal setting tool because you know I'm all about that yeah but I'm also very much and you guys know this like whatever happens happens like you know let it come yeah I'm very like risk taker like if life takes me on a completely different direction I'm like whatever let's go you know (laughs) so I think I think don't be rigid in that plan like she says like accelerate make the plans as they go you know yeah I really like this new word that I think we should all start using um we always say you know you're a working mom and that just needs to get out of our dictionary and the new word is a career loving parent. Oh my God. I really love that. I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Page 97 at the top. Yeah. And it's also huge that flexibility. Like she talks about Facebook being so flexible and understanding the whole family and work balance that I'm just like stunned. Like I wish every employer was that flexible. Yeah. There's maternity and paternity and the same amount for both. Yeah, so it's like, wow, I wish I had that before, but I do now, which is great. Even flexibility for school, because oh, obviously we want to keep growing, but yes, yeah. So that this chapter was all me. So I was reading it, and I'm like, oh, oh God, like it's true. That's you, you have to make all these decisions. And I always, the guilt mom too comes out where yeah, you know, 
you you're like, should I be home? Should I be staying home with my child being that mom? But it's like, that's not me. I don't want to be it's like she mom. said, like, if it was easy, if we all knew how to do it right, like everyone would do it. Like, you're right. not, and we'll talk about that in the what chapter, the last chapter, right? Like not having it all. Yes. So let's talk about chapter eight. I think this one, we we all popped up on Vero. Mm -hmm. Yes, that one, um, I can resonate with that one a lot. Um, this one is make your partner a real partner, chapter eight. I yes. always give props to you and Albert because I see yes. I think we were both lucky. But Amiga, I really think that you 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 did make him a partner. Yeah. I think so. Like, we'd be like, who's going to watch them? Their father? He has to do it. And I was like, yeah. I wish I could say that about my son's dad. Like, oh, he has to. He'll, he'll yeah. figure it out. I mean, it was always like all the time. 50, I'm like 50, you know, it was always 50 50. So, I mean, I'm glad that he was always open to it and he always, you know, was just like okay with it as well. So, I'm very happy that he is on board with all of that. Um, we talked about a lot of, um, you know, the same amount of, uh, me taking care of the kids, then he does it too. And okay. So, um, yeah, you know, the roles have switched recently with, you know, having different schedules and, um, I would always start a little bit earlier and get off later. So he would be leaving work, leaving the house later and coming home earlier. So he would beat me. And I, of course, I was always dropping off the kids because they were closer to my sitter. I mean, to my work, the sitter was. So it was just beneficial that I always picked up the kids. So, I mean, if he waited till I got home, dinner would not be served until probably eight at night. So he saw it, that it was like, okay, teamwork, you know, let's defrost them food the night before and you get it going when I get there then I'll help you and it just you know it just kind of started getting into a rhythm like that of just taking over and then little by little now he just does the meals without even asking me and tries new recipes and I love that and and we found out that he has like a little inner chef in him <laughs> like his food is really good and he even sometimes like dang my food is good but you know, you're in there, he'll throw it in my face, like, yeah, cuando me, me, me cocinabas antes. <laughs> but I really like this, this chapter. It's so good of the type of partner that women should look for. Um, don't have to settle for, you know, the, the ones that you think that's all there is. Like, no, there, there is these men out there. And um, in one of the the sentences on 110 on the top paragraph is, I truly believe that the single most important career decision that a woman makes is whether she will have a life partner and who that partner is. And I mean, we always want our Prince Charming since we were little girls, you know, but as you get older, you start seeing that it's like, no, I really need a partner, not just somebody that me va a mantener, you know, it's somebody that's really going to do not 50 50 but 100 and 100 like we both are going to do it like all of us are working moms so mm -hmm. i mean we want to all work and we want to also both be the same in the house you know with housework yeah i think so this is the one where i posted um about scott yeah <laughs> I, the funny thing is 
I do, I can cook, I can clean, I can do everything. But in my house, like I live with other women and they all jump in. And so my aunt always takes the role of making my son's lunch because I'm picky, but I don't do it. Right. And so I'm reading it and, and you know how the, <laughs> she's like calling him. My tia went to Mexico for a week and I'm picky. So my child's not going to eat school lunch. So I wake up every morning to make him lunch. And one day I'm at work and I'm like grabbing my fork and I was like, oh, I didn't put any utensils in his lunch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, he's a smart kid. He figured it out. <laughs> but I was like, no, I need a Scott. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I can do all the work and we can all do the work. It's just like, I'm just the type of person that I, like I said, I'm not organized. So I, I need that partner. And I think, you know, that section really stood out to me because I have dated a lot, like you guys know, right? And people will be like, Jessica, you're just too picky. You're too picky. And I'm like, no, dude, like this is someone you got to sign up for. Like, this is going to affect my career, my family, my life. Like, it can't, like, I wouldn't work well with someone that wouldn't do 50-50, 100-100 because I just, I they, they, it's happened. They go crazy with me and then I have to break up with them. So it's yeah. like, you know? I read this part that really thought about you, Jess, on the a friend, I think it was that she would date and then she would put a test to them to see. Oh yeah. I love her. Make I'm it to girl. the next level. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> and that. that is so smart because she ended up finding like the perfect match yeah. that now works with her and whatever she's going through in her career, you know? of traveling or anything like that. I was like, that is so smart to put a and test to see like, if you're going on the next level. And I was like, you see, she's like, it, he exists. And I was like, you see, can people stop telling me I'm picky? Let me be. I'm going yeah. to find me a Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And yeah, this, one, this one is a good one for all of the girls trying to look at the perfect picture of how it should be. It's a good chapter to read single or with family with kids like me for myself you guys know that's been kind of um something that's been my struggle which is having my husband lean in a little bit more into the house and him knowing how to balance work and obviously family because of his business but it's a work in progress and you know little by little we'll get there it's hard and you have seen progress you know and there's some days of picking her up the the one hopeful thing is she says it's not about biology it's about consciousness which means we're not born that way like we we can all change you know right it's about a willing mother and a willing father are all it requires so there's hope we're all yeah. fine and i mean in the in the end like i think this one couple that um she wasn't sure if to take on the next uh, position and she said, you should, you know, just talk to your husband. He's going to have to change his schedule. And he did. And in the end, um, he, the, the dad, he was even more happy that now he had this time alone with the boys that he didn't really even have or think about, you know, like that time alone of just taking over and being that father and doing everything that the mom was doing before. So, I mean, I think it's a wake-up call also to the dads that are not doing it yet. And when they do start, it's like, wow, you know, this actually is fun. You know, like, for instance, like Albert, he didn't cook before. And after he started diving into it, it's like he loves cooking now. And he does these recipes and 
he, he right. got himself a flat griddle. Like he cooks outside now. <laughs> little by little. And, and for George as well, like now he doesn't take Sundays for granted. Like he'll be here, even if it's doing the dumbest things to be with JD, like playing with her. But, you know, it's the little things where he's like, oh, you know, Sundays. And he, he tells her Sundays, mama, like, you know, Sundays is our day. So yeah. like, okay, at least you guys have that. So little by little, it's progress. Yeah. Yeah, I think she talks about that too, how we never think about like how men are kind of expected to work like all these crazy hours and like they don't, yeah, they're the sole providers. They never get like that, that, you know what, if you, if you want to take time to go home, like no one says that, like, yeah shitty too, you know? Well, I think it's true. Like you, you really have to make your partner your partner like and I feel like I've done that I've tried to mold I guess mold might not be the right word but I tried to kind of just point things out to George which is like hey babe you know like just pick up after yourself or you know and I think we've had discussions where like I clean and JD's like well that doesn't clean you know so things <laughs> like that where it's like you know now he's starting to clean even if it's just kind of show his daughter like he's around and he's helping out yeah and that's perfect because it's like she says later on, like you're you're showing your daughters, like you're showing your sons, like you know, break you know, new generation. You gotta break the old ways because obviously yeah. we get stuck in this traditional old ways. Yeah. All right, let's go into the real like eye opener, right? The myth, the myth that you can have it all. Having it all and doing it all. And it doesn't exist. I'm glad she clarified that here. Yeah. Because we all think like you're not a, being a good parent or a good wife, a good friend because you don't have it all. And it's like, hello, nobody has it all. We don't have it all together. None of us do. It's something that doesn't exist. So why even try to meet up to those standards when they don't exist? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's understanding that you're going to, like, slack in some areas, but we're really strong in others. Right. And I think, like, really um, working to get to a place where we're happy more than, you know, that we're having it all. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I think, like, that's the big thing. Like, I'm always working on a project. However, I don't live in a life where I'm going to be happy when that project is accomplished, you know, like I'm happy now, like I'm happy doing the work. I'm, I'm happy with all my mistakes and, you know. Yeah, but you know you want more. Yeah, I'm always it working. It doesn't end there. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of times we're always trying to get it all because we think we're going to get to a point where we have it all and we can do it all. Mm-hmm. And you're not, and that's okay. I think what's helped me, which... You know, we all have a lot on our plate. Um, Jess, you got your business. You work full time. We all work full time. Um, I am going to school. And I feel like when reading this chapter, I really took a moment to kind of feel like, how do I do it all? Because I feel like I do it all. I really feel like. I thought of you. Like, I feel like I say. I was like, I was like, I have a team and, you know, Vero has a team and and then I thought of you and I was like, oh, maybe does it all. She does do it all. Yeah. And I like, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, okay, I really do it all. Like what, what, what does she mean by that? But it's because I really take, again, I plan ahead. I really take my days and I really just narrow it down to what's going to get done. And if it's just one or two things, I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to accomplish that. So I know at least at the end of the day, 
I did it, but I did my little one thing on my list or two things on the list. Not everything. Yeah. Of course, one is my child, make sure I'm there and then balance just one more thing that's on my list and just conquer it every day. So I feel like that's helped me. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I did it. I did my two things. I juggled it all or, Mm -hmm. and I know now not to put so much on my plate as for a daily thing to do, because then that's, you know, where it gets kind of like crazy. So I think what you could could do and limit yourself, prioritizing what's important and really doing that one thing that's on your list. I think that's, that's how I do it guys. Yeah. Yeah, And that stands out with the poster that she says is um, hung like at the Facebook company. Mm-hmm. And it's done is better than perfect. And that just speaks a lot. I mean, like Nadi says, she got it done. It didn't have to be perfect, but she got it done. And and I think also this idea where, like she says, like, okay, like, like if you ever go on Instagram, right? That's that's the one place where you're like, shit, right? You have this mom that's like posting and, you know, she's baking, she's working out, she's doing these mommy games, she's going to work. And you're just like, <laughs> girl, when the hell did you have time for all of that? And I think that's when we think of having it all, doing it all. I think that's the thought, right? Like, yeah. you know, did I get my workout in? and and I'm very guilty of making very long to-do lists. So I'm like, like what you just said right now is so true. Like, every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. daughter, she knows, mom, what's, what's our list today? What are you? And she, and she actually made me put mom, put on your list, play with me. Oh, <laughs> my call. Play with me. Or where like a little girl took her dad's calendar and she was like, okay, let me see. And then she put herself in the calendar and he's like, dude, that was perfect. Like you're in the calendar, like you're set. I'm not going to. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. But it's true. Like I make very long to-do lists and then I get bummed when I don't accomplish everything. But yeah, maybe two, th- two or three things a day. So do you guys remember when we watched girl, when we read, um, watched, read, we don't, we don't watch pre-read, right girl? <laughs> so this part on page 127 on my book it says and the only thing worse than everyone knowing that I was not sticking to my original commitment was that I knew it too I was letting myself down do you guys remember that chapter yeah wish to like keep your promises to yourself yes I've been cutting my list a little shorter I'll cut it shorter but (laughs) yeah you should it feels way better like Got all these lists, Mira. Laundry's not gonna get done tonight, so okay, tomorrow we'll continue. You know, and yep. it's like, I'm not gonna be able to finish all my homework today for school. Okay, tomorrow I'll continue. Like, so things like that. Yeah. Where, like tomorrow, I, you know. That part. You know what I do though? I don't throw away the to-do list, so they're like they're everywhere because you know they're post-its, right? <laughs> but you'll be like, let me look at this. Oh, I finally finished. Oh my god. Or do you remember like, oh my God, I never did it. Well, that doesn't really happen. I'm good. But it it might, it's like Navy just said, like, it's going to get done. Mm -hmm. It's going to get done that day. And like mine, I do to do, and then I put the date. So when I go, when I feel like I find them all over my room, (laughs) I'm like, oh, let me check. Okay, I finished everything. Yeah. <laughs> also, learn to balance things that I could get done Monday through Friday versus the weekend. Like that's yeah. true. I had to separate where, yeah. 
yeah, my stuff is on Saturdays and I try to be all about JD Monday through Friday because she's in daycare all day. Place, it's our routine. Okay, go back, do it again. She's in daycare Monday through Friday. Yeah, so she's in daycare Monday through Friday. So what I try to do is I try to make Monday through Friday after daycare a routine where, you know, she's home and it's, she's at ease. And I'd be, I'm more about her Monday through Friday, you know, bedtime yeah. story and let's see the shower. And because weekends, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. So do you guys ever deal with moms that are super involved with their kids and you're not? Yes. So Michael's school, right? You guys know I have him in a very small private school. Dude, those moms, like, they bake everything. Luckily, I'm on a group text with them, and I'm like, you guys know I'm bad at calendars. And they'll be like, Jessica, did you do this already? We have to do this. We have volunteer hours. We have sales. We have, I'm like, because at my no. kids, we have to do all of that. We have to do volunteer work. We have to. <laughs> we have to do we have a we have our bake sales we have and it's like well it's eighth grade's turn and you haven't signed up and I'm like oh my god at Miranda's school there's one mom who her daughter matches from head from the bow to the jacket and they wear uniforms to the shoes and I'm just like how much can you like switch up the style you know and I was telling one of my coworkers, um she actually just recently has started working right there with us. But I told her, I was like, you know, this little girl, she always looks so cute. And it's just like, how do you like, like, is she like daily buying the shoes to match with the jacket and the bow? Her stuff never repeats. Like she always has something going on. And Miranda would be like, mom, look at her shoes. And look at that. And I'm just like, oh man. And I was telling my coworker, she goes, I'm going to help you have her a little bit more dressed up. And, you know, especially for like, valentine's day and st patrick's like we'll go all out we're gonna beat her bit on i'm like okay and you know what she's been an angel she helps me out so much she has like made little moñitos for her and to match with her shoes and it's just been so cute that i'm like you know she doesn't have to she doesn't have to yeah like this is so she loves it you know and i'm gonna be that mom I'm trying to be that mom that puts their kid in their in their school clothes the night before. Did you guys do that? Where I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> I just thought of like, well, maybe the shirt will be, be a little wrinkled. It's funny because, you know, people that aren't parents, it's like she said, when I heard that I wasn't a mom yet. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's true. Like when people aren't moms, they're like, well, when I'm a mom, I'm not going to do that. Or when I'm yeah. a mom. No, girl, when you're a mom and you read that, you thought, hmm, maybe I need to I try it. <laughs> yeah. Right, yes. Um, so this is our second one for Lean In. We'll probably do one more, right? Girl? Yeah. Hopefully, I think we'll have like two more weeks of reading. No Zoom in person. Hopefully, this is all. Yes. We're hoping that the time of Rona is almost out. Yeah. Um, Hopefully we can do our last podcast together because I miss you girls. I know I miss all of you. 